Welcome. It is uh, 10.07. Glad to have you with us. We're talking about these battery-powered cars. And Brian found a story about a guy with a GMC Hummer. Brian, can you look up the weight of a 2000 GMC Hummer? Okay. Not an EV. Go back to the year 2000 or 2005, something like that. Um, because if I'm reading this right, that's one hell of a battery. Anyway, I will. Uh, I'll go to the phones first because Roy is hanging on the line. Roy, 6, welcome. Sixty-five hundred pounds. Sixty-five hundred pounds. Yeah. Wow. Roy, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Good morning. I'm feeling a little saucy this morning. Uh, the Faraday cage for protecting your electronics. Yeah. So you only need two cars: one that you actually drive, and then one is at home in the Faraday cage and is safe for when you have no electricity to charge it with. It's <laughs> safe. See ya. It's so it's a paperweight. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. Faraday cage is a great physics thing that would actually work, but no one would use it because you buy a car because you want it not be in the garage. If you wanted to be in the garage, you wouldn't need to build a garage because you wouldn't need a car. Okay, Ray. I, I'm going to let you go now. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, anyway, so the GMC Hummer, is that an armored Hummer you're talking about? Well, it's kind of confusing. They have a bunch of different weight uh, diagrams here. The uh, curb weight is 6,564 pounds. The gross vehicle weight rating is 10,300 pounds. Yeah, that's a different, different okay, thing. The curb weight front is 3,600 pounds. Okay, so give me the, the weight again of the, of the vehicle. Uh, the curb weight is 6,564 pounds. All right, so the... the now, uh, that was for a 2000 GMC Hummer, correct? Okay, well, yeah, all right. Because the new ones, the battery-powered ones, yep. weigh 9,400 <laughs> pounds. Oh, my. Oh, my, yeah. That's a lot of weight for a... Glorified. No wonder those SUV. batteries run out so quick. But that much, that discrepancy is the weight of the battery, minus the engine. Holy Toledo, that is pretty steep. Anyway, uh, these two uh, these two guys uh, they they apparently go out and test drive these vehicles uh, from the fast lane, uh, and they got a Hummer, uh, a, a GMC Humvee EV or whatever they call it. And they had an interesting episode. It was his reservation, but we ended up paying for the truck. And how much did we pay? We paid $115,000. We traded in our Ford F-150 Lightning. And I want to extend a big thank you to Jason. He wants to help promote a really cool cause, the Dumb Friends League, which is a great organization that helps uh, dogs that need adoption. So check them out using the link below. Yeah, so the first thing we did was we brought it home and hooked it up to the Internet and made sure that the software was completely up to date. Absolutely. And when all of this occurred, when all of the issues we're going to talk about occurred, the truck had less than 250 miles on it. So I was driving back uh, through Longmont from a video shoot, and this happened. Hey, guys, I'm very unhappy. I'm in a brand-new Hummer in traffic, and the truck has taken a complete dump, and it will not go into gear, and it won't go out of gear. Uh, and I've tried a restart. I can't open the trunk uh, because uh, it doesn't work. There's no way to do a hard reboot on this system. Like I say... I tried safe mode, 
it will not go into gear at all. It's just stuck. Uh, I can't even open the, the, the frunk for some reason. It won't open. Don't ask me why. It just keeps saying that. When I go to turn it off, this screen turns off, but this screen stays on. That one really isn't going off, it's just going dark, basically. And I'm pretty pissed off right now, and I'm pretty nervous about, you know, the traffic that this truck has left me. Let me show you, if this police officer wasn't here, this is where the truck left me stranded. Very dangerous location. And I've got Tommy coming with uh, the lightning to try to tow me out of here, but if it's in park, it won't. And then, of course, I called OnStar. Uh, they booted me through like 14 different people, kept asking for my phone number. Uh, they said I needed premium service, and finally they said the soonest they can get a tow truck here is in an hour. So, <laughs> at least the door alarm works. Yeah, and rather <laughs> incessantly, I might add. So he's stuck $115,000 for that damn thing? <laughs> and it's 94... That's just uh, so wrong. And 9,400 pounds? Can you imagine how that must chew through tires? Not to mention the wear and tear on the roads? They're finally able to get the Hummer rolling again. Uh, the fast lane writer uh, described how the team went through a complicated procedure that involved unhooking the battery to force a hard reboot, then rolling the windows down in sequence while stepping on the brake. Fortunately, Tommy and Roman were able to drive the vehicle back to the dealer after getting the hum Hummer EV out of a dicey situation. Wow. What a mess. 115 grand. It can happen to anybody, but uh, it's it just these battery-powered cars are... Well, you would assume that you buy a brand-new vehicle, especially one that costs so much that you just take it back to the dealership. But if you're stranded on the road, what are you supposed to do? I, I mean... That's just really unfortunate. Yeah. It's it's insane. All right, so we have a uh, a lawsuit. Uh, a satanic temple is suing the state of Indiana over their abortion ban. They claim it violates their religious rights. You, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, the Gateway Pundit uh, reported the saintness of supported abortion rights and Planned Parenthood for years. They held a satanic milk bath in protest in 2015 in support of Planned Parenthood. Uh, apparently, uh, a milk bath, huh? A milk bath. I've never heard of those before. Uh, well, you, if, you're, uh, if you do it out in the sunlight, you, you sour on it pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, 2017, Planned Parenthood teamed up with Satanists to explain Banned their Missouri abortion business. In 2019, Virginia Governor Ralph Northern promoted killing live babies following a botched abortion. In 2020, Satanists confirmed that abortion is a satanic ritual and should be protected under religious freedom laws. Uh, September 2021, Satanic Temple attacked a Texas abortion law. Uh, arguing that it violates their freedom to perform abortion rituals. What does that look like? I mean, do we have like a crowd of people sitting around uh, watching? Abortion laws in Texas violate our religious right. And uh, TST has taken legal action if Texas judges abide by the Constitution 
and legal precedent, then those who share our deeply held beliefs will be exempt from the state's inappropriate efforts to restrict access to abortion services. Abortion is a sacrament to Satanists. All uh, it's 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 uh, it's all out in the open today. This week, Satanic Temple sued the state of Indiana over the state's abortion laws. The Satanists say restricting abortion violates their religious rights. That's a religious. When did, when did they? I guess killing decide... is part of their religion. When did Beelzebub come back and say, uh, "Listen, here's how you do an abortion, and it's a new right"? I I I don't. Um, do you suppose there's a temple somewhere where he speaks to these people? I don't know. How many Democrats do you think belong to the Satanist Church? Uh, a lawsuit filed in U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Indiana by the Massachusetts-based Religious Association says it brought the lawsuit on behalf of anonymous women from Indiana who say they became pregnant by accident Despite using contraceptives, under Indiana's new law, they would not be able to get an abortion, according to the lawsuit. That's a, that's a strange religion there, Brian. I, uh, that's a religious right. Yeah, I was kind of surprised myself that you could claim that uh, part of your religion is killing. Yeah. yeah. Well, so if that's the case... Um, and it, and that's the case they're trying to make, that it's a religious right, ergo the government can't interfere if they have human sacrifices as part of their religious right, mm -hmm. then no murder laws would apply. Correct. Because they could say, you know, yeah, uh, I, I killed my ex, uh, but it was a religious right. It, was, it had nothing to do with us arguing over child custody. Or, well, they will claim that uh, it's not a baby, it's not a living thing. It's uh, simply a fetus. Yeah, but if you use their argument, you could take it to adulthood and say, you know, I'm a Satanist and, uh, you know, human sacrifice is part of my religion. Right. Ergo, I murdered my ex-wife, not because I hated her, but because it was a religious experience and you can't prosecute me. That's the same logic they're using. Yeah, I know. It's it's rather bizarre. Oh, Lord. What a strange, strange day today is. Um, just, it, 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 we're going in places I didn't expect to. There is a uh, story Emma Colton wrote about something we talked about on the gun show. In fact, we had John Lott on the program to talk about this because John did the research about active shooting situations. And it turns out that the federal government isn't accurately counting the number of uh, active shooters that were stopped by people who, who are concealed carry permit holders. Although collecting such data is fraught with challenges, some see a, a pattern of distortion in the FBI numbers because the error is almost exclusively go one way, minimizing the life-saving actions of armed citizens. Uh, data released by the nonprofit uh, Crime Prevention Research uh, shows that 34% of active shootings 
were thwarted by armed citizens between 2014 and 2021. However, FBI data show only 4.4% of active shooters were thwarted by an armed citizen. All in, 360 active shooter incidents were identified by crime prevention research between 2014 and 2021, with 124 stopped by armed citizens. The FBI identified 252 active shooting incidents during the same time, with only 11 thwarted by armed citizens. Well, no wonder the media portray guns as the great evil from out of the East. They're giving, uh, they're given numbers from the FBI that are, well, frankly, wrong. The FBI defines an active shooter as one or more individuals actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people in a populated area. Definition doesn't include crimes related to criminal activities like robberies or gang wars. The report points to two variables that have caused the discrepancies between FBI data and the group's research. Misclassified shootings and overlooked incidents. The research argues the FBI misclassified at least five cases, including two cases where citizens with valid firearms licenses thwarted a shooting. But the citizens weren't listed in the report because the police ultimately apprehended the suspects. The other three misidentified cases include one where the FBI simply failed to mention citizen engagement at all. And two others that categorized armed citizens as armed security members. This, uh, these people, whoever was in that, uh, in that crowd, could be dozens, it could be a hundred people that would have been victims of a mass shooting if it weren't for somebody with a concealed carry permit stepping in and stopping the bad guy. I... I, I think somewhere along the line, and as a result of this latest Supreme Court uh, ruling on firearms, somewhere along the line, they got to get to the point where they eliminate permits to carry. It's, it's ludicrous to think that you should have to get a permit to carry a gun. First, bad guys don't bother to get a permit to carry a gun. They just carry a gun. And you shouldn't have to get a permit either. Let's level the playing field with a bad guy. Now, that's not to say that, that I recommend uh, just carrying a gun without taking any classes. And while I'm opposed to mandating any classes, I think if you're going to carry a gun, take the classes. Even if you don't get the permit, take classes. Because you have no idea how one simple mistake can end up destroying your life. So learn, you know, when you can pull the trigger and learn alternative ways, ways to get away from um, a situation where you have to shoot. Ways to resolve differences that calm things down and, and prevent uh, a firearm use at all. All right, uh, we'll finish this later. Uh, quick break. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. Ten twenty-five in a very peculiar day on the radio. I just, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm looking at all these stories and trying to get them all in, uh, and and so I'm, I'm feeling a little, well, 
disjointed. But uh, let me get back to this uh, this story about uh, the FBI. They are, I think, literally on purpose trying not to give you the details about concealed carry permit holders. And my point was you shouldn't need a permit. The bad guys don't have one. But you should take a class. Shouldn't be mandatory because it's very easy to get in trouble. And you should learn different methods for resolving uh, disagreements uh, because you're much better off talking somebody uh, down than uh, ending up using your firearm. So take the classes, but we should be able, all of us should be able, if we want to, uh, to carry a gun. And if you if you don't have a permit, for instance, if you're in Missouri, you don't need a permit in most cases to carry your, your firearm. But if you uh, travel to Indiana, well, now you're suddenly vulnerable because you don't have a permit. I think that's going to end up in front of the Supreme Court. And I don't know how they resolve, uh, how, they, how they can't help but uh, uh, resolve this by saying permits are not required. You don't need a permit to, to go to church. You don't need a permit to get baptized. Uh, you don't need a permit if you're Jewish to, to go to the synagogue. Why should you need a permit to carry a gun? Both of these are in the Bill of Rights. It's a right. It's not a privilege. Privileges can be revoked. Rights can't be. That's that's how they're going to resolve that. All right, uh, 874-9390, toll-free numbers 800-529-5572. We are uh, way behind. I got uh, all kinds of other stories I want to talk about, including a black playwright who is in trouble. Uh, great piece uh, that... Uh, well, as usual, Jonathan Turley uh, writes, We've been following cases involving faculty discipline or fired over the use of the N-word in classes, including courses on racism or tests. Recently, a George Washington professor was removed from his class for such a reference. Now, Down in Mississippi, a play written by African-American writer Carlisle Brown on the birth of the civil rights movement, has been reportedly canceled. Reportedly canceled. Students objected to the use of the N-word in a play that tries to capture the environment of hate and racism of the period. Texas Wesleyan's Black Student Association declared the reference to the harmful uh, to be harmful and triggering. Calling for a boycott, the association declared that allowing the play to be heard would further hurt black students and possibly students from other marginalized communities. How do they figure that? How do they figure this stuff? I mean, how, who was reading a play that talked the way they talked in the 1950s and 60s and decided that that's just hurtful? And did you did, did they curl up in the fetal position? Did they run home to their mommies? It's a play. It's a word that was used back then. These people amaze me. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is at 1035. Americans are in for another expensive winter with home heating costs projected to jump 17.2%. Woo! That's going to be steep. Listen, I got I got to tell you that I'm I'm um, I'm exhausted. My wife is just she wore me out and not in the fun way. <laughs> we uh, we were talking uh, a few months ago about moving a little closer not into Boone County, but moving a little closer. And um right away we just to kind of get a feel for things, looked around and I and I and I told Gwen, I said, you know, maybe we ought to wait to see where this economy is going because I'm not confident that it's it's headed in the right direction. Uh, that maybe we should wait uh, to buy another house and to get out because I don't like the condominium. I, I'd much rather live in a house. But we went out to take a look around, and uh, well, we found a house that she just fell in love with, and. Right away, things start happening. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I shouldn't be doing this. I should not be doing this. But she was. She just fell in love with this house, and I didn't say no. It just sort of let it happen. And now we're, like, working lightning speed. I was up until, I don't know, 11 o'clock last night. We're moving things out of the house, fixing little things that are wrong with the condo, getting things ready for them to come in and do some kind of a photo shoot. Uh, while I'm on the air here today, they'll be over at my house or our house, uh, literally photographing the house. That they got some device. I've, I've seen these uh, in real estate ads where you can move through the place by clicking your mouse on the little arrow. Have you seen that, Brian? I have, yes. Those are the 3D um, images that you can actually walk through the house on yeah. the Internet. Yeah. And that's what they want to do uh, over there. And so we're just working day and night, caulk this and build that and fix the other and... And it's, you know, I've, now the house is so nice. I don't, the condo, the condo is so nice. I wonder why we're selling it. It's like, wow, now look at it. It's absolutely fabulous. Uh, even this morning uh, before I uh, came to work, uh, I was doing last minute things at the house. And, it, and it's just, it's just this nagging feeling that it's the wrong time. I'd be interested you know, if there's anybody that's uh, you know selling uh, real estate in Central Missouri. If they would, uh, and I know we've got several realtors that listen, but it, my feeling, Brian, is it's just it's not the right time. I should have waited. Yeah, I always feel like that when I do a big transaction like this because you don't know what you're getting into exactly, and of course, the person that's purchasing your house sometimes demands other things before you, you know, close. And it's just a, it's a real, and of course, move, moving. Oh, man. I, yeah, oh. it's not a pleasant time to buy and sell because generally we always are contingent upon selling our house in order to purchase the next one. I mean, for a lot of folks, it's that same way. It'd be nice if you could just say, yeah, here's cash. <laughs> yeah, that would work be that nice. way. No, it doesn't work that way. But it was it, in the moving thing. I do not look forward to the moving thing. We're boxing things up now, 
And here's the problem. When I move, I box things up, and then I have some things in storage. And the condo is not big enough, so I've got stuff in storage uh, in Columbia that I haven't seen in two years. And I don't even know why I'm keeping it. I ought to quit paying on it and then let people just take whatever's in there. But I keep, I keep that stuff. And every time I move, I end up with stuff in boxes that I never get around to unboxing. And then I need something that I know I have. And it's in one of those boxes. God knows which one. It's the one on the bottom. It would take me hours to find it. I could just head over to Menards and pick up a new whatever it is. And the next thing you know it, you have 16 hammers, 37 screwdrivers, three socket sets. Um, and now I got all the, it, literally, I've got all these tools. I don't know what to do with them. Maybe I'll donate them. But I got a ton of tools that I got to, it's just, this is just such a mess. You know, a lot of banks now are doing a different procedure for people that are, you know, moving from one home to another. Yeah. They'll, and it's Bridge not. Loan. No, it's not. It's kind of like that, but it's not. They go ahead and lend you the money. Um, and wait until your house is, sells. Yeah, a bridge loan is e- extremely expensive, but these uh, short-term loans just give you am- ample time to, you know, move into the new place, and then, you know, as soon as the other one sells, you pay off that loan. Yes. It's, it's kind of like a bridge loan, but it's much less expensive. Yeah, and, and that's what we're doing. They're, they're going to, you know, we'll finish the deal when this condo sells that uh, we have, and, and then uh, everything will go through. But uh, there's nothing about this I look forward to. Not the packing, not the unpacking, much less the moving. Uh, and I'm, I don't know, I'm just, it, it, I've got, it, here's the other thing. I've got all these electric tools. Do you have, do you have electric tools? Yes. Electric drill? Uh-huh. Yeah. When I was in business for myself, I had uh, I needed a, a very good electric. I got a a Black and Decker commercial drill. I mean, this thing you can't stop it. It is just fabulous. But it's got a cord on it. Now I got all these battery powered tools. I don't need the corded tools. I don't even know if they're worth anything to anybody. I had uh, saws and all kinds of stuff. Maybe I should just donate that stuff. I would love to, you know what I would love to do? I would love to give it to uh, a school where they teach auto mechanics or another school where they teach carpentry and uh, and things like that. I think that would be a, a, a noble place to get rid of all the extra tools. There's a place out there that teaches the trades because the trades are important and a lot of guys and, and gals who get involved in that stuff don't have their own tools. I, I, could, I could donate them. I probably have enough to set up two or three students. I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a little bit leery about uh, doing the move now. And I've been on the air talking about the economy, saying uh, how I expect it to be a great downturn. Uh, The last thing I needed to do was this. Anyway, so that's uh, sort of what's been going on. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's in the back of my mind. I, I can't, I can't seem to clear my head of this. I'm, I'm questioning the move, whether or not it was the right idea, the right time to do it. I should have put my foot down and said, no, we're going to wait until uh, until spring, see what happens. 
probably would have uh, been a smart move. All right, uh, 874-9390, the toll-free number, 800-529-5572. Home heating costs, we're going to talk about that uh, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, then uh, we've got a Russian nuclear sub that has what they call a doomsday weapon on it. We've lost track of it. We don't know where it is. We'll give you the details on that as well. It's the uh, Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1049, and uh, Ralph said if you have too many tools, uh, just have some kids. You'll never, ever have that problem again. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you ever get in trouble with that with your father? Yeah, I did. I wanted to use power tools, and I was not allowed to. You want to drill? Here's the auger. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, my like, father. Yeah, it's a lot. Takes a lot long. I don't care. Yeah, my father didn't want me using the tools either. Uh, in fact, we had a uh, we we called it the tool room. It was an old fruit cellar, uh, and he put a lock and a hasp on it. And uh, he would find his tools uh, in different parts of the house, and he couldn't figure out how I was getting in. But the pin on the hasp, you could tap it out. It would it would come up. <laughs> I would just go in and get whatever I wanted. Uh, he was he was not happy with that. I bet. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so we've got uh, home heating oil and a nuclear sub. Russian nuclear submarine armed with what they're calling a doomsday weapon has disappeared from its Arctic harbor. Uh, it is a top-of-the-line Russian nuclear-powered submarine. Uh, NATO reported... Uh, reportedly warned members that Russia's Belgrade submarine no longer appeared to be operating out of its White Sea base, where it's been active since July. They warned that Russia may plan to test Belgrade's, Belgorod's uh, Poseidon weapons system, uh, a drone equipped with a nuclear bomb that Russia has claimed is capable of creating a radioactive tsunami. Uh, it can be deployed from the submarine at any time and detonated at a depth of one kilometer near a coastal city. Russia's state media has claimed that the device can create a 1,600-foot wave that smashes into the coast and irradiates it. The 600-foot submarine was delivered to the Russian Navy in July, part of uh, Putin's top-secret program, it aims to develop and operate a series of new class super weapons. Uh, a strategic uh, intelligence expert and author of Putin's playbook warned that Russia's use of such a weapon would only come as a last resort in the event that Russia and the United States are in a direct kinetic war and Russia is losing. Uh, also said that, that the device is likely not to be operational until 2027, but Putin may be testing it as a means to intimidate both Ukraine and NATO allies in the West. Yeah, I don't think he's going to deploy the weapon. I think he's he's just continuing to uh, try and scare the West to get them to quit supporting Ukraine. He is really going down the dumper in Ukraine. He had that fake uh, election where the uh, the Russian military stood over these people while they filled out the ballot about whether they wanted to be annexed by Russia. And if you put in no, you know, you're pretty much not going to celebrate another birthday. 
And if, and of course, that means that uh, the overwhelming response was yes, they want to be annexed. The problem is that he's losing ground in those territories, and he's trying desperately to reverse the losses, and he's not he's not getting there. This is when you this is when you really have to watch what goes on uh, in in his circles because they don't tolerate losing and Putin is losing and that might make Putin really actually try and use a nuclear weapon but I also don't think they're going to tolerate getting us engaged in a world war so Putin if he doesn't turn this around on the ground in Ukraine is one way or the other I believe by the, when this incident is over is either going to be carried out or he's going to be escorted out. I think Putin has ruined him his his standing and is already in danger. And part of the reason I believe this too is that many of his closest uh, in, in his circle, the ones who can get closest to him, are mysteriously dying. They're falling off of boats and getting electrocuted and falling out of buildings. Um, it's just too much to be a coincidence. But he is definitely in trouble. I think he'll use this uh, to intimidate, to threaten, to make it seem like maybe, just maybe this will show up. Um, and and he thinks that that will perhaps protect him. I don't know. Uh, but I, nobody seems to be buying into it. Nobody seems to be biting uh, and is in great fear. They sent him a message, you know, you, you don't want to do this, here's what will happen. But nobody seems to be backing down. Uh, let's see, I think that sinking feeling you're having is called buyer's remorse, not unusual. Eh, could be. Uh, let's see, Ralph says, uh, if you have too many tools, you should have uh, some kids. Yes, I think we uh, already established that, Ralph. Uh, hey, Gary, your tool problem. Always keep a heavy-duty electric drill. Those battery drills sometimes don't have enough oomph to accomplish the task. Please consider Habitat for Humanity as a potential receiver of any tools that you'll give away. Split your donation among several groups with needs. Habitat for Humanity uh, often have a need for tools for volunteers to use, and uh, they keep small utility trailers to store the tools. That is a good idea. Jay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not kidding. I got, I must have, and I'm not exaggerating, at least nine or ten hammers. Claw hammers. <laughs> Some of them have How many utility hands? knives do you have and tape uh, measures? <laughs> oh. Well, the tape measures I don't have a lot of, just a, just a couple. Uh, but the hammers, um, yeah, if I had a hammer... I mean, I got them all kinds of weights, different styles. Could I aluminum. interest you in a black garden hose? It's a heavy-duty you know, thing. and uh, I had one yeah. at the old house, and it was a magnificent hose. Yeah. This thing, you could have put out a... You could have put out a three-alarm fire with yeah, that it's hose. It's really heavy, too. And I it, and it was a very heavy hose. I gave it to a buddy of mine. Did you? Yeah. What did he do with it? I Well, I'll tell you what he can do with it, because I am not taking it back. 
I'm going to send that to you in a box. Nah, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not taking that back. Every time I go out, I'm tripping over it. It's like, damn that thing, it's in my way. That was my problem. <laughs> you can't even coil that thing up. No. I've, never, I've never seen a hose like that before. <laughs> but, but It's still haunting me. No wonder you gave it away. <laughs> well, next next time I see you, I'm going to get the key to your trunk and just drop it in there. And No, no, no. You're, <laughs> you're not getting the key to the trunk. Hey, Gary, if you have that much stuff, consider contacting an auctioneer they can combine your tools and i you know i i would do that but i i really do think the donation is the better idea and habitat for humanity can can use those tools they want to go out and uh build things and they've got volunteers that don't have a, a good set of tools i i you, you probably could build a 5500 square foot english tutor uh with the tools that i have just floating around so i think that's that's what i'm going to do Home heating. How much time do I have? I got time to get this in. Not, not really. About a minute and a half. Yeah, it's going to be close. Home heating costs are the highest they've been in over 10 years. And they're expected to go up nearly 18%, a little over 17% for the upcoming winter season. This, is, uh, uh, this was analyzed by the National Energy Policy Association. Lower-income families are going to feel the most effect as prices become increasingly unaffordable for them. According to a uh, September 12, 2022 press release by the National Energy Assistance Directors Association, the rise in home energy costs this winter will put millions of lower-income families at risk for paying their energy bills late and having to choose between paying for food, medicine, and rent. So, President Biden, Democrat, Supposedly, they're, you know, the guardians of the poor and the middle class, through his energy policy, is going to arrange prices because there is a paucity of fuel and will make the poor struggle to decide whether to pay their rent, their medicine, or, or food. Because apparently they can't afford battery-powered heaters for furnaces for their homes. Assuming the same fuel consumption in 2022-23 as 2021-22, with a projected price increase of 17.2% per household, heating prices would rise from 1025 to $1,200 compared to heating prices just a couple of years ago. And prices expected to increase 35%. 888 to 1202. Wow. Gary Nolan, Simmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.